Thank you for joining us for Effective Heart Change, the podcast that will discuss how to apply faith principles to real-life situations. This is Effective Heart Change. And it is good to be here for Effective Heart Change. We are jumping off of a real cliff today. It's called PTSD from a spiritual worldview. Wow, that's a mouthful. That is, isn't it? (laughs) To say nothing about the spirit. (laughs) Well, say nothing about that. But PTSD has become so incredibly common in terms of what's happening today. And and just to start with a basic definition, uh, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, it's it's a syndrome. It's a it's a thing that is used to describe when people, especially war zones. I mean, that's that's where it really started. A- as a human being, you're not supposed to be sub- subjected to the kind of trauma that you get in a war zone. And so you see bullets flying, and the stress, and life, and dead, and death, and blood, and mayhem, and all of the different stuff like that. Uh, it, you know, it gets real ugly, and at some point. The stress load is so high, and it, it results in, I'm, I'm going to go with a trauma type of a thing, where then people begin to have flashbacks, and those flashbacks send them into places of not being able to function or, or doing who knows what kind of crazy thing in the middle of it. They're overloaded. Overload, that's a great word. It's, it's a, a situation where uh, day in, day out, day and night, uh, you're in the midst of, of a traumatic situation. And h- how do you deal with it? How does the body deal with it? How does the spirit deal with it? And if you go to the spirit realm stuff that I talk about and teach, in the spirit realm, there's no time. So if when I get triggered, it's like I've got uh, the best description I usually use is file drawer. You've got all of these things in one file drawer. So uh, I've got all of these war kinds of experiences. And I take all of those and I put them in a file drawer. Well, at some point, some event comes along, and it doesn't even have to be a war kind of an event. It can be a phrasing. Maybe one of the people I hung out with in the war, they used a particular phrase a lot of the time. Well, somebody along, comes along and uses that same kind of a phrase – all of a sudden, it's like that file drawer just got open, and I'm operating now from the inside of that file drawer. That's what the spirit realm does. It operates really almost outside of time in a way that can collect all of these experiences together into one single moment, and now I'm having to deal with all of that stuff right here, right now, all at once. So you said in the spirit realm, there's no time now. Expand that just a little bit because I, I uh, earlier in the class when you said that, it struck me as no time. What, what do you mean no time? If you think of the word eternity and the idea of spirituality is connected to eternity and et cetera, you know, what's, what is time like in heaven? What's time like in God's point of view? And the best description that I've come up with is that it operates outside of time. It's, it's almost like it, it's – so the spiritual part of us operates almost outside of time. 
So it's not chronological. Our brains are more chronological. And, and when something's a month old or a year old or several years old, our brains tend to fade on that. I believe your spirit is very different. I think there's storage at the spiritual level that operates almost completely outside of that time frame. So it doesn't matter if it was when I was in the womb, when my brain wasn't even functioning yet. If I had trauma stuff laid down in the womb, that trauma stuff is written on my heart in a way that it continues to affect me 50, 60, 70 years later, almost as if there was, what, no time gap. It all just collapses into one, one particular frame, and I'm responding to life from the inside of that frame. Uh, you can correct me if, if you're wrong, if I'm wrong, but... Uh... Human uh, humans are what time was made for. We were uh, God is timeless. Uh, he has no yesterday, today, or tomorrow. He is, and and for humans, we we get obsessed with past, present, or future. And the reality is, in the in the spiritual realm, which we all have that capacity, uh, there is a timelessness. Uh, that's why I wanted you to clear up no time. And that's why the eternal part of us, really the best language is outside of time or there is no time or, or whatever, but it's all, it's all just kind of compacted, compressed into a, a single point to where we're responding out of this entire thing, even though our conscious minds can't comprehend that. So our conscious mind isn't able to hold all of that in one package. Well, the eternal part of you can hold all of that in one package. And so next thing you know, you're responding to this entire file drawer of stuff from all kinds of different time periods in your life as if it was all right here, right now. So what that has to do then with the PTSD, if you think about it, I mean, that's, that's huge on the PTSD. I'm facing a situation that doesn't seem like it should be that big a deal, and all of a sudden I've got these flashbacks going on. And stuff is getting triggered. I've got flashbacks. I'm, I'm looking at this trying to figure out why am I responding to life this way? And it's once you understand the spirit realm, it's not that hard to understand why you're actually responding to life that way. So you made mention that, that uh, this really came from uh, all the war situations that uh, have been going on forever, it would seem. Uh, uh, but in our in our lives, uh, outside of that kind of experience, we still have those events. And and I would hasten. We talked about war. That's obviously a stress situation. And then you brought up that it could be something outside of it, absolutely uh, in the midst of it. <laughs> so or later on. But what I was I was looking at was that uh, uh, we're affected by things that we we're not conscious of on, on, a, on a really deeper level until there is something that triggers it. That, and, and, and it can be in a life completely, quote, peaceful, as well as in a war or other situations. Let's go ahead and talk about some of those other situations. Sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. We are create things that are Outside of normal humanity, I mean, uh, you know, when you and I are talking, uh, I might say something that offends you. Okay, that's kind of a normal humanity, you know, fallen, sinful human beings, you know. 
But when you get into rape, when you get into sexual abuse, when you get into murder, when you get into things that are just – they crush our humanity. They, they bring a level of brokenness to us that's just at this highly accelerated level. Then I'm going to have this higher, higher reaction to it. Now, let's go back to the basic idea of what I talk about with PTSD which is when what's on the inside is not adequate to handle what's coming at you from the outside, then you have this breakdown moment. So what's on the inside of a typical human being simply is not designed for sexual abuse, for rape, for murder, for war type of scenes. So when I'm in those kinds of zones, it makes sense that there's a kind of a crushing, a kind of brokenness, a kind of disabling that happens that is a PTSD type of response to difficult life situations. Duh, of course. We're human. We're not designed for those kinds of things. So then I need – I start having different kinds of trauma, broke down – reactions to, to life. question gets to be, where do I go from here? Yeah. Or where do I go, period? And, and we need a place, a refuge, uh, particularly with things that we can't handle. Where we go, typically, any place which is where we go with pain, is we go into a fear of the pain. And so now fear becomes a huge stimulus, and then it's fight, flight, freeze. So I've got one of those things. Sometimes I go into the freeze zone where I, it, just, it just disables me and I'm, I'm in this kind of a moment a lot of times just almost vibrating, uh, just kind of in this frozen spot, but I, I can't respond or I do a, a fight response where I accelerate and just kind of become angry and, and act out in different ways or, or I do a flight thing of, okay, I escape and a lot – a lot of times with addiction, you know, I, I turn to some form of medication, you know, uh, an alcohol or some sort of a drug that allows me to be in flight and, and I'm able to escape that particular thing. It sounds to me on those, uh, those choices, it's either isolation or it's action. And, and uh, it can happen both ways. It, it actually can. So you've got this inner person that is no longer equipped to handle life, and then that inner person has markers laid down that can be triggered. And so now I'm not just necessarily dealing with one event. I'm dealing with a, a whole you know, large file drawer of events. How do I deal with that? How do I deal with the PTSD? The basic answer, if you go back to my definition, is what's on the inside has to be built up to a level to where it can handle what's coming from the outside. So the simplest answer is, how do I build up that guy on the inside so that he's able to handle what's coming at me from the outside, especially when it's some of these grotesque, sick things? And one of the things you mentioned earlier, on a human level, uh, we don't have that capacity. So that, that points to the spiritual side. On a human level, and we'll get to the spiritual side, but let's, we don't have the capacity to handle that. So how about if we actually start living in a safer zone? I mean, that's, that's one of the things. You know, can, 
if I'm struggling with PTSD, I might want to get out of the war zone. If you know, I might want to get out of the sexual abuse zone. So the the first natural first solution is actually natural. Of okay, can we get you to a safer place? So it's a, it's a little bit of a form of flight, but it's it's a, a we'd hope a, a positive direction and not a negative one. Right. So I, I want to get to a better environment, a safe environment, and so when you've got someone who's in that kind of a zone, man. We've got to get you out of there. We've got to get you to a safe place. So that's, that's why they call them safe houses, huh? Yeah. So, so that's, that's just a very practical level. Once you're out of there, how do we start building up, which is what you spoke of just a little bit ago, which is, okay, we've got to get to that supernatural zone where we're drinking in stuff from the outside we're connecting with God, we're connecting with godly people, and we're getting that interior built up. Now, there's a problem with that. And the problem is very simply this. If you've just been through a PTSD type of experience and the trauma is high, what's your ability to connect with God and what's your ability to connect with people? Well, we tend to retreat. Uh, even if you're uh, in a fight mode, uh, it's a retreat because we're we don't. We know we're not able to handle it. We'd like to think we could, but the the reality is, in the effort to do it, we find out we're not, and and so uh, we're moving, but we're not moving at all. And and it has to get to the point where we uh, admit to ourselves we, we we need help, and in the process, uh, we start looking for some solution outside of ourselves. It's a it's a collective thing. It's a, a partnering, and and uh, I know in my life I, I I tend to isolate when and and the worse it gets, the more I isolate. And and you can do that in any number of ways, but it's in the end it, when you depend on self alone, uh, you're bound to be disappointed. I feel like I'm doing almost a shotgun blast. You know, difference between a rifle and a shotgun. The the shotgun sends a spray out. I feel like I'm doing a spray here. But I want to go to another topic that is called brokenness, because here I've got this person who desperately needs to connect, who has this trauma experience. The trauma experience is probably well described as brokenness. Biblically, there's a good kind of brokenness, and there's a bad kind of brokenness. The good kind of brokenness is going to lead to a humility, which is going to lead to what connection. Once I get to connection, what happens? I start drinking in life. Now I'm more able to handle my trauma. The bad kind of brokenness, actually, I retreat into self, very much into that escape, into a flight, into a, you know, whatever, but I retreat back into self in a way that the problem actually becomes worse. I might even have a break with reality and become psychotic or I, you know, become suicidal or, I mean, there's, there's just all kinds of different things. But that word brokenness that's interesting, I, you know, Proverbs 18, 14, and a man in sickness, what? His spirit will sustain him in sickness, but a broken spirit, who, who can survive a broken spirit? When you get out there at certain levels and your spirit, your will to live is completely broken, that's not a good thing. So you've got a brokenness that's just, wow, that's not good, but yet brokenness is a part of the healing process. 
That's an interesting dichotomy there. The isolation that you're talking about, I, uh, I can identify with that because I've gotten old enough now that I've seen it over and over again in, in, in situations, PTSD. I mean, <laughs> something that I had happened years ago, uh, I, I tend to think that those are reminders of, of things that you haven't handled in the first place and, and, and thought you could or would uh, should, and, and, and it's not gotten done. So uh, you're speaking a language that I can, I can understand there. With PTSD in class, we had someone who brought up, uh, what if it's not a hard blow? What if it's a little blow, little blow, little blow, little blow over a period of time? And he's water torture. Yeah, water torture to where it's – sometimes PTSD does not come out of those massive, huge blows. It comes out of your dad left. And then after your dad left, then we don't have money to pay bills. And then, then it's just this thing just – keeps accelerating over a period of time to where now I don't trust the next person and then the next person walks out of my life and and now all of this begins to build into my file drawer to where now I've got this thing I've got this area where what's on the inside is not adequate to handle what's coming at me from the outside and even though it seemingly is not one of those huge traumatic stressors I'm responding with PTSD just as if I'd been through a war zone. You brought up dad leaving, and that's in my, my, my experience. And when he did, it triggered a number of, of recognitions in my life of changes of, of what I, uh, I believed to be true. And, and I got to a point that I spent almost 10 years in a deliberate search to find out what I really believe, uh, so that was I was broken, uh, I was I was disappointed uh, to a large degree, but it also triggered a brokenness that that admitted to my failings and to the to the idea that there were things that I needed to get in order in my life and uh, actually be clearer about what I believed. Part one of the things you did in terms of that whole thing, there was a flight period, if you will. There was a okay, I'm going to go over, live in a whole different world. So, so you had that response as well. I even had a different name. Yeah, I was Dale in Kansas, and I'm Grizz in Oregon, and and I, I went back and forth between, and I had different personalities in those places. I, I often joke. People say, "Well, what what do you do for a hobby?" I said, "Well, I've worked two jobs. <laughs> when when one job gets too stressful, I fly flee from that job and go to the other job. You know, and then when that one, you know, it, it's kind of funny, but." We all have – we use different kinds of tools like this to try to manage the stresses in a way that really is kind of a self-management. When the will of God and the ultimate life of God comes through connectedness. But PTSD, what does it do? It triggers that fear response because I fear pain. I mean, it, it's universal. I don't like it. No. <laughs> It's universal to fear that pain, so I'm going to do anything and everything I can to avoid that pain. And generally what feels instinctive to us as human beings is I've got to come back inside of these walls. What I can control shuts down connectedness. 
As soon as I shut down connectedness, I shut down my strength, which means that I'm more likely to have the next PTSD experience. Truth is, we're looking for a safe haven, aren't we? Yes, we are. And and uh, find out that we're not our own safe haven, <laughs> and that 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 uh, we need that partnership that's above that. Part of the answer to this whole thing, there's a brokenness that is good. Mm-hmm. There's a brokenness that is not good. You know, it reminds me that I think that's true. There's a kind of anger that's good. There's a kind of anger that's not good. There's a kind of jealousy guarding and protecting things within boundaries that's good. There's a kind of jealousy that's not good. So when you start looking at this brokenness and you start figuring out, okay, what does good brokenness look like? When I'm able to step back and see God in the bigger picture and the word that I'm going to use that I think is powerful is simply the word faith. When I'm able to get back to a faith perspective, I'm able to either receive something something from God, hear something from God, drink something in that way to where I'm able to step back into a faith perspective and that that faith covering comes back in over my life and my life circumstances, now that brokenness can move me back to a place of connection with God in a way that I can drink in life. But when the faith is broken, when the will to live is broken, then I tend to just stay in the middle of that that broken PTSD experience, and it just gets deeper and uglier and worse and worse. When you were discussing the the two brokennesses that you you just shared, I was hit with the verse that uh, uh, God uh, all things God works all things to the good of the person who loves Him, and the part we always forget is called according to His purpose. So those, even those bad brokennesses are be, can be turned and are turned by God, good situations. They're good memories instead of being bad memories. And, and I love verse 29, which follows that, which is whom he foreknew, he what? He predestined, we get stuck on that word, to be transformed into the image of his son. He, he, doesn't, he wants Jesus not to be an only. He wants all of us to be changed into the image of Christ. And so the will of God through all of that When I connect with God, when I drink in the life of God, what flows through you sticks to you. That's one of the one-liners I use over and over again. If in my brokenness I'm connecting with God, every event that comes along has the potential to transform me more into the image of Christ. And guess what? That's what we get to take into heaven with us. That's what's eternal. So from that point of view, no matter what happens to you, If it drives you back to God, you connect with God at a higher level, you drink in the life of God, and you start responding the way God wants, it works for the ultimate good in terms of eternity. The word purpose jumps to mind. Uh, I can purpose to do something, but uh, it doesn't happen on a level like when God purposes to do something, and I agree. I, I accept I'm, I'm caught up in it, and, and uh, I'm much the better for it. Let's go back to that word faith. When I see purpose, when I see bigger picture, when I believe in a benevolent God, a loving God, a redeeming God, this is huge for PTSD. 
So much of the time with PTSD, it's like those the file drawer is open, it's being triggered, I'm, I'm in this negative zone. There's no ability to see this bigger picture and to see where we're at and to, and to make this thing work. But when I've got this covering of faith and I really believe in a redeeming God, and, and so let's just take my PTSD and all of a sudden I'm able to get one positive outcome where I can build my faith. I can see how God worked in one particular setting, one particular circumstance. Once you get that faith covering, it's so much easier to start moving this thing back to a positive direction. Do you want to bring dead dogs into this? <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> well, one of your early writings was dead dogs. Uh, uh, you lived on a curve on the highway uh, going south from McPherson, and uh, uh, you, <laughs> you experienced uh, multiple times dogs uh, dead in the highway, and, and so you played on that. Give us a little... Yeah, when I was a young kid, it, it got to the point I can remember marching into the house. Another dog had been killed on the highway, and I marched in the house and said, well, time for a new dog. Yeah. What happened? I'd become numb to all of that, so I was experiencing life in a, in a different way. Out of that, I developed a concept, this concept of the file drawer that, that I've already talked about, where written on your spirit are all of these different kinds of experiences, and you're responding to the collective of that. So here I am. I've got my traumas. They're all collected together. They're all a bunch of dead dogs lying on the nice highway. Package. Yeah, just a nice <laughs> package, a stench, if you will. To get better, somehow I've got to start getting those dogs off the highway. And, and in class, one of the things that we talked about that was interesting, someone's like, well, I, I did such and such, and, and I thought I had gotten healed. I thought I'd gotten delivered, and this new experience came along, and I'm still responding this way. I guess I just didn't do what I thought I did before. Well, that's what I call a deliverance mindset. That's, a, that's that thing of, okay, we're going to drop one bomb, so to speak, and it's going to blow up the whole file drawer, and it's, it's going to be gone. We, as human beings, we're layered. So all of those experiences, they're, they're all like a dead dog laying on the highway, if you will. You can go in and clean off four or five of them and be better off than you were. But they keep coming. <laughs> but there's still some there. There's a layering of those experiences, and PTSD is like that. Once it happens, once you have that traumatic experience, all of these new experiences end up being much like dead dogs, just another one laid up, another one laid up, another one laid up, another one laid up. At some point, you've got to reverse that process and start taking those things off. And you can, you can clean out a lot of those, and every time you clean one out, you'll get some level of relief. But guess what? You're not necessarily going to have the whole thing gone at that point. Let's take it back to faith. A lot of times, people expect that one home run. You know, I've got the one home run. We're going to win the game on one swing of the bat. And they expect that particular thing. When it doesn't happen, it destroys their faith. It may even be that they get it, and 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 then it's, wait a minute. I thought God took care of that, and and the reality is, we keep bringing back more dead dogs. You lived on the curve of the highway. You guys would have had to move 
to, to have the end of that problem. Yeah, we really would have. So you can have new experiences that you don't respond to well. You maybe really did clean up all of the old ones. Now, um, it, having cleaned up all of the old ones, we're layered. Uh, okay. Get a little tired of burying them. <laughs> okay. But you can have new experiences that, that add to if I don't have the faith covering, if I'm not seeing the work of God, if I'm not understanding the work of God in my life, not connecting with strength in a way to overcome, boom, it all fires back up again, and, and we're right there all over again. It's interesting. Uh, you think you deal with it, and, and maybe you do for a moment, but we tend to revert. Uh, the question for me is, if we don't deal with it, the the, the pressure just builds and builds. And, and even I, I was taken by the description from the, the lady that said, uh, I was never in a war situation or anything like it and just realized that I suffer from PTSD or whatever. I can't even get the, PTSD. Get, there you go. Uh, I, I, get the, I get the realization that I have that same problem. She didn't just get the realization. She was diagnosed. And, and, and you, have, you have a lot of people. I mean, I, I don't know which came first. But you have a lot of people today who have never been anywhere close to a war zone in family settings that I'm talking about that are dysfunctional family settings that are being diagnosed with PTSD because they have all of the symptoms. Everything is there. It really is a pretty common thing in today's world. It's interesting, uh, just a brief aside, uh, PTSD, uh, I think, of COVID. Uh, COVID's being blamed for lots of things that may or may not be part of what it is, but it is the thing right now. And, and so uh, we tend to, we tend to uh, jump into the, I'm, I've, oh, that, I've got that maybe. When you think of COVID for a moment, when what's on the inside isn't capable of handling what's coming at you from the outside. Um, yeah, we are overwhelmed by it. We are blown away by it. There's a lot of PTSD-like reactions going on today. Well, we have uh, been over the river and back again, right? We, we've covered a lot of ground today. I didn't see the woods. You Maybe didn't we'll see the woods? Like, yeah, yeah we, we've covered a lot of ground today. Certainly not everything that we could talk about, but I think we've given a good wrap, a basic understanding of, of PTSD from a spiritual viewpoint. Hope that it helps, giving you some things to think about, to, to get a hold of, grow through. And uh, thank you for joining us for Effective Heart Change. Video production, editing, and audio by Matthew. Set design and setup by Ashley. Content recorded live at Studio 104.